0: Hello and welcome to the Faber Podcast. My name is George Miller, and my guest in this programme is best-selling Berlin novelist Eugen Ruger, whose debut novel, In Times of Fading Light, won the 2011 German Book Prize, an award given to the best German-language novel of the year. Eugen Ruger was born in 1954, in the Urals in the former Soviet Union, where his German communist father Wolfgang had fled from the Nazis in the 1930s. When Russia and Germany went to war, Wolfgang, as an enemy alien, was sentenced to hard labour and exile. After his release, he married a Russian woman, and in 1956 the family returned to East Germany, where Wolfgang Ruger became a noted historian, and his son pursued studies in mathematics and later a career in geophysics. But literature exerted a powerful appeal, and Eugen Ruger began writing for the theatre, radio and documentaries, and also became a distinguished translator of Chekhov's plays. Despite his Russian origins, and a period in the West that began in 1988, Eugen Rüger has spent the majority of his life in Berlin, the city where, despite all the changes it has seen in his lifetime, he told me he still feels most at home. In Times of Fading Light is a multi-generational story spanning well over half a century of family history that charts the impact of wider historical events on the lives of the Umnitzer family, who once belonged to the communist elite, but whose socialist utopia has long since vanished by the time the book opens in 2001. Kurt Umnitzer, like Ruger's own father, a historian who served time in the gulag, looks in the mirror at one point and reflects. Ruger writes, Sometimes he found it hard to believe that he really still existed, and then the past seemed like a hole into which, if he wasn't careful, he might fall again. That's a hole that all of the characters in the book in different ways are in danger of falling into. The die hard old communist, Wilhelm, of the grandparents' idealistic generation, listens in perplexity to a ninetieth birthday tribute to him. The man opened a red folder. He began making a speech. His eyes were blue. His voice had roughly the frequency range of a telephone receiver. Wilhelm couldn't understand what the man was saying. Wilhelm was annoyed. The man went on with his speech. His words clattered. They clattered through Wilhelm's head without revealing their meaning. Noisies, stuff and nonsense, thought Wilhelm. Training as a metal worker, joining the party, emigration to Paris. Suddenly he caught the drift of it. This was his own CV. The CV that he had written down dozens of times. The CV on which he had spoken umpteen times to the border soldiers, the labour force at the Karl Marx works, the young pioneers, and from which, as usual all that really mattered was missing. The book, often with humour and poignancy, explores what in people's lives can be preserved, even things as simple as a family meal or recipe, and what gets crushed by the forces of history and politics. I met Eugen at his home in the Prenzlauerberg district of former East Berlin in the autumn of last year, and began by asking him to tell me more about his family background and the Russian connection.
1: When Hitler came to power, he left Germany and went to the Soviet Union, hoping that there is uh, the paradise of the working class and uh, the first socialist, socialist state uh, in the world. Then he began to study for the first year finished school, and then he began to study, and then uh, war came. In between, the, um, he saw the terror going through Moscow, created in Moscow, and uh, made all these experiences. His parents were, were 32 in this time. They could, I would not say escape, but they could leave the Soviet Union. In the last moment. And then the war came, and all German people, by nationality, were first sent to Kazakhstan or to other places outside uh, the European part of the Soviet Union. And then, especially the men, the sent to uh, prison. Camp officially, it wasn't indeed working only, but in fact, that meant that they were sent to prison camp. And so my father spent some years in the prison camp in Siberia, and after that, after the war ended, uh, the prison camp was converted in uh, bed-fledged forever, (laughs) and so uh, he was a free person with a description, of course, but he could not, uh, was not allowed to leave, I would not say village, I would say settlement, uh, the uh, rule of this uh, predicate world. Right? So there he comes to know my mother, all day married, and after starving to death, I, uh, to live there, I not ask you about that, but it's Alexander and the folk, and you can see, enough to start with death, but I was more or less an and I was finding some, some echo reality. Yes, of course it has an echo reality, but you know, you, you couldn't, even in, in invention couldn't change, couldn't change the respect because my parents, like other people in the similar situation, could not think about conceiving children before starting to you die. Know. Prison camp and all experiences he had made in this time uh, very, very, very hard one, and uh, the future was very uncertain uh, as long as started living. Yeah. My father understood that the moment when started dying, uh, they changed a lot. And, and, and indeed it did a lot, yeah. And what memories do you have? Do you have memories of your Adidas? We moved to Germany when I was three years old. So. Uh, from this time I have no memories of but me and my mother uh, have been um, visiting my grandmother, my Russian grandmother in this settlement called Stosla for three times, last time when I was nine years old. You know. So I have memories of course of this place and of, uh, of Soviet Union. The of the of the as described, by the way, in the, in the book, mm. it's a very traditional way of life, isn't it? It's, it's water from the well alone. It's, it's, it's a way of life that when they um, goes back to Germany, Wilhelm, his step from come yeah. you well, know, it's kind of to, to admit that that could be the case because he wants to see the Soviet Union as a deep end well, of I mean, progress in mean, modern yeah, yes, it's like you like to say uh, for the uh, child, for Alexandra, and uh, for me too, it was very interesting. because this as you say, traditional way of life. Yeah, uh, but for uh, the communists like Wilhelm, it, uh, yeah, it was uh, not traditional, but it was a kind of old-fashioned, way almost after. So, the, the country your father came back to was really a, t- a very different country from when he left. When he left, at, at fascism was on the other yeah. hand, and he came back, and left the GTI. So it's mm-hmm. a normal state, so it must have been nothing as Yes, you're asking me a question, you should <laughs> ask my father, of course, yeah. I do not, I do not remember the escape before, of course, yeah. Uh, yes, but I think that for my father, it was, it was not, not easy to, you know, it was not only that he came in into another country than, than uh, it was before, but uh, he came from uh, very different circumstances in the Soviet Union. Yeah. He, was, he, was, uh, he has been in a prison camp. He has been a capital for, for many years. Yeah. He has been uh, among people who were very, uh, I would say, I won't say primitive, but very, uh, very simple people. Yeah, and so it was, uh, of course, uh, for him, it was a big difference to, to be in an academic milieu, Yeah, you know, suddenly. Uh, this was really, really difficult for him, for him I think. Yeah. But he he made a career for himself as an academic historian. Mm-hmm. He, was a, he was a significant historian of the DDR. Mm-hmm. What, 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 was, what was he writing about? He was writing about uh, the the Weimar Republic, it was his, field, his subject. Yeah. And being a historian in the GDR must, must have been a delicate kind of balancing, must, must have had to tread carefully in order to, to write things which would be approved. Yes, of course, yeah. You know, my father was an intellectual, of course. He was a, was a reflecting Mahanian, and he had no illusions. Maybe he had illusions. He had the illusion. Uh, that after Stalin's death, communism or socialism would get better and would get more democratic. Yeah. it was a but of course he understood very soon uh, that uh, things are not so easy as he imagined. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he was more and more, on, I would say, disappointed, of course, by the new development of such a and ended, I would say, as a physical as man, yeah? yeah? And what about you? What, what, what were your experiences growing up in the DDR? I how did you, you didn't remember it, much, but what do you remember? Of course, I remember the DDR, yeah. You know, I was, my background was, I, I knew always that my father has been as an innocent, as an absolutely innocent person, as a, as a young communist, yeah, had been in prison during the Soviet Union, yeah, and that the, the many innocent people died. Yeah. So I had this background that made that I had had all, always a distance to the ideology, and I, w- I wouldn't say that I wasn't uh, in opposition, uh, in, the t- in the sense that I, I wasn't a dissident, uh, I was no dissident because uh, I didn't underestimate the power of Moscow and I didn't underestimate that the things really are decided, the things uh, about the GDR are decided in Moscow right? and that there is no good chance to change anything if these changes are not controlled yeah, by the politicians in Moscow, right? I had, a, uh, I had always a bit, I would say, distance from, from what was happening around me. I mean, you were in the theater. Yeah, I first I started mathematics as you know? I spent 10 years uh, Then I started to uh, write... Um, a screen screenwriting, screen for screen no, for for, 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 yeah, for, the, for, for documentaries yeah, yeah. it's a, a little bit complicated to to, uh, to explain but uh, I, was, I, was, uh, I I was worked for a documentary company and I did a and then I began that was already in eighty eight began to write the of my first play first radio playing the theatre play. And so I had no big experience with theatre in the GDR. I became a theatre writer, I would say, after leaving the GDR. But if you were, if you were already watching documentaries, the, the you were aware of the boundaries and such things—what yes. is possible yes. to say and yes. possible to do—it yes, was, it, it, yeah, it, 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 it was very narrow. Because we we narrow the borders, we were very close yeah, in, in the other yeah. for example, I, I don't know if I can express express it in in uh, English for the child, <laughs> then we have the question of the, um, the, the Hohenzollern uh, dynasty and, and the Hohenzollern dynasty in Germany, and of course, uh, traditionally, it uh, uh, the GDR, the GDR government was uh, against the, the Hohenzollern dynasty, of course, it wasn't a kind enemy about something like this. And uh, one day the DDR leaders discovered the the whole as uh, as uh, as if it's their tradition, huh? and you know the, the the policy changed suddenly. And at uh, this time I made a movie about a documentary about the Berlin ar- Berlin architecture, and I wrote I wanted to write something about the. Don't mm-hmm. know? Uh, of the Big Kurthor, yeah. yeah. this is one of the uh, famous uh, members of this year. Uh, I wrote, I wrote uh, uh, about him as a fat uh, man on a horse or something like this, yeah. and for example this was already not possible, couldn't get it, because now that the policies change there, but already we're in it. Yeah. But I mean did you, did you experience that as a, a, a sort of fear, I mean how, how serious was it if you did something wrong, if you know, if you persuade something and you don't really have, how significant yeah. was the threat? You know, uh, the power in the, in the GDR was more complicated uh, than the than no, than, than most people in my day. Uh, first, of course, the officials tried right, to, right, to convince them that it's uh, for, for humanity humanity and that it's uh, for socialism and that uh, and so on, yeah? and then they threatened you, and then, if, if, and then they tried to to corrupt you, and then, if, if nothing happened, then uh, uh, there was oppression, of course. Yeah? Of course yeah, yeah, it's very interesting for workers uh, like, uh, today, yeah. But uh, you, you cannot, you cannot, you know, there are still children that you in the and, and You can imagine that uh, you, you always have been, yeah, uh, you always uh, you're always threatened by the GDR. So, um, yeah. And I imagine a lot of people uh, you know, like in, in, you know, that's Do you think that's a, a, a no, You know, uh, this film acts in the late 80s, yeah? In the late 80s, the intellectuals, like the, the writer in the in this film, yeah, were, were treated not, I would say, not like, like in the film, yeah? most of them had a visa they could uh, leave the ddr when they, when they wanted and the officials were uh were trying to keep them in the ddr and uh, I, I would say it's uh, maybe this this is but what you see in this film is more similar to the 60s than to the 18s. yeah you know you know i'll tell you something maybe it's always very hard and i tried in, in this book i tried to to write about write about the, I would say, real life, or about a uh, part of, of the real life and, you know, uh, it's, it's uh, always very hard to explain what what does it mean to live in the digital yeah? But if you imagine, for example, that suddenly all markets, all basic services, let's say in the U.S., were open, yeah? and if you <laughs> would, uh, would uh, look at the history of the United States. Yeah? I don't see the perspective from this document of the secret services. It, it would be an ugly American history. Yeah, I would not compare, of course, uh, to the Union and the uh, US, of course, but it's similar, a little bit similar. If you see the things only from this perspective, yeah? it's too short, yeah? it's not the truth. Yeah? So wh- what, what, what was your own life like the late before the war came down? What, what, what sort of points have you got to, in your hmm. I, uh, I just found that I, I told you that I was working uh, as a documentary writer, yeah? but yes, that yeah, no, I, I, I was thinking about going uh, to, to the left because uh, it, it was, the old seems to be uh, yeah, not dangerous but, but boring and grey, and, and I wanted to see the world. Of course. One of the biggest problems with GDR was simply the ball. It was simply the fact that you couldn't go out or he couldn't get outside. Yeah, that was the, the one of the main problems. You know? Many people, I would say, um, would have tolerated GDR longer than it was in reality when they could uh, travel. And they could see the world, yeah? It's not only a question of the law of, of, of holiday programming, it's a, a question of, 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 the, of having contact with to to the law of culture, you know? That is, that is uh, what uh, I was looking at, at uh, least, yeah? Wait, well, tell me about the disagreement on this book. Do you remember how the idea took place in your head? Hmm. You know, I told you that, that um, life in the GDR seemed to me boring and boring <laughs> and not very interesting. I, but I wanted to become lighter, but I had the feeling uh, that, I, that I'm not able to, to write about this land. That was the point why I escaped, maybe the, the main point, why I escaped from the GDR because it was no subject to write about. And it took me a lot of years, and a lot of distance, I would say, uh, a big distance, to understand that life in the GDR was not as great, and it, that it even the life in the GDR was interesting, that there were interesting biographies and interesting persons uh, which are worth to write about. That's a long, I would say, a long history. It took me years, yeah? It took me years. It took me years to, uh, to admit to my history, or to, to admit uh, that I am an instant learning, you know, that this is my identi- identity, and that this is my history in my land, in my life, and that I, ha- that I have to learn about. And you know, to to write about that. It wasn't enough just to write about your own generation, you wanted to go back to your father generation, yeah. and also look, look ahead Yes, yes. And, uh, the, the, uh, most, most of the books, most of the books and stories about the GDR have a perspective from, from the inside. Yeah? And I always... Uh, because, you know, my grandparents have been a in Mexico and exile, uh, my family uh, came from the Soviet Union, so I had always the uh, feeling to be more connected to, to the world. Maybe that's people, I don't know. At least I always had the desire to, to put the to the other to put this small land in a more historical and geopolitical context. You know, that was that was what I what I wanted to to do, and that is. What may be is different in my book compared to others. And how easy was it for me to decide how much I'm own to pass my family history to them and how much I'm planning? You know, I, I use this, uh, this stuff, I would say, like every uh, novel writer uses this stuff. I used it uh, when it was a good to use it. And to copy it, and I changed it when it when it was useful uh, in the sense of uh, writing a novel, I changed it when it was useful to change it. And so there is a lot of tools in the in the book, a lot of reality, and a lot of inventiveness too. And you said before we began recording that you spent about a year planning the book because. It doesn't have a straightforward chronological structure. It doesn't start in the in 20s and go through to, to the, the past decade. It moves around and moves forward and that. And it sometimes comes at the same scene from different perspectives. You have that from the 30s as well as shifting life. That so it took it took, it took, it took, yes, it, it took years uh, of planning. Yes, it took of planning. There are different points. One point is the point of the perspective. You know, uh, the book tells the story of the family uh, over 50 years, over the second half of the, the last century, and over uh, four generations. And so you can imagine that those four generations... Often it is written that the book is about a communist family, right? But if you uh, if you look, uh, then, then, it, then it's very different. The, the first generation is uh, the generation of communists, of course. Of the, the last generation or the third generation, Alexander flees the DDR. Yeah, he is uh, in, in, more, uh, in, in, in opposition to to the, to the state to the system. Yeah. So they are very different. Attitudes for uh, very different political uh, positions, yeah. And uh, my, my problem was uh, that sometimes I don't know exactly what, uh, what is what is true, what is what is. I had no no. Uh, I have no kind opinion about the whole stuff. And it changes. It feels changes. And so I decided to write from the different perspectives perspective from those uh, different and generations, and not to command it, you know, not to, um, not to, to, to keep out, as, as, as you like to, to emphasize each of those categories, kind of you know, and to, to try to understand each of them, and uh, to put those different perspectives together, like a uh, like a mosaic, you know, of different tools you know, and to, make, to, to, yeah, to, to obtain uh, maybe a, a multi-perspective uh, tools out of those different perspectives. Yeah. And of course, not only are characters' perspectives changing, mm-hmm. but the, the world historical reality, as you suggest, around them, is changing so radically. I mean, coming from a country which is known, you know, that, 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 the idea of stability, mm-hmm. um, even in the 20th century, it's starting to so much change you just suddenly have to endure in the course of the 20th, Of course, it was full generation. Fascism you know, yeah. yeah. got communism you've got, right. got sort of the rise of sort of uh, You know, have no idea of the half of the disease, yeah. The, uh, the world changes indeed, yeah. and, so, and so changes my, my point of view, of course, and my, my opinion, yeah. I think that I that I, that I thought uh, 10 years or 20 years ago about the DDR, about mobility are different from those, uh, I'm thinking now, of course. But the perspectives of those persons, they are still the same. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that's, uh, for me, that, that, that was the solution, it be a solution to Frank, I would say, to this perspective, to yeah, those different perspectives, not to care about what I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. It to me that the relationship between Cumberland and Sons is played out across the generations in this book, mm-hmm. and we're not uncovered. We don't know Kirk's from them he's got a, a stack of them. In this case, it was David a difficult relationship. And then Kurt's relationship with Alexander is also difficult. And then by the time we get to the, the, the younger generation, Marcus has stopped stop talking to him and tell I haven't spoken to him for two years, and he's got a set for and that's another difficult relationship. So those, I mean, those, those relationships seem tense in the end. Yeah. I mean, was that something that you were aware that you wanted to experience? Was that something you had sort of ex- experienced the difficulty of, of, of having? The point is, all those, uh, you. you uh, talking about male persons now, the the, the female persons again have uh, different uh, problems and perspectives, but uh, to speak about the male persons in the book, the point is that the political attitudes or opinions or positions of those are changing from generation to generation. relation to, to communism, to socialism, changes, yeah? Wilhelm is an old, I would say, uh, I would, a resistance fighter, an old communist, who more and more becomes a, a, a yeah, I would say, a stabilist, yeah? Which uh, he, uh, he, doesn't, he doesn't change his, his opinion, doesn't change his mind Then you answer questions, doesn't allow questions, yeah? the next generation is a uh, intellectual, and intellectual uh, communist, that's the dream he's been about his dreaming of um, democratic socialism. The next generation, Alexandra is in opposition to socialism, to the government of the GDR. And again, the next generation doesn't care about all this stuff. For, for, for Marcus, for the son of Alexander, uh, this all is, uh, is, is, is uh, dusty history, yeah? It, it doesn't, he doesn't, it's a museum. like <laughs> a museum, yeah. I always almost to say, he's he doesn't care about it. So, I would say the conflicts between those generations, the, uh, between fathers and sons, maybe are, in this book at least, are, uh, have the background of, uh, of the different different political attitudes here yeah? the mm. And there's another, there's another moment where Alexander has gone to Mexico and he meets meet two-year-old Swiss women and he's talking about mm, the communist part. And it's clear they're not really very interested. Again, it's, it's basically sort of almost forgotten. And I wonder if it's part of the reason for that, just to make sure that it doesn't entirely become the something of, of museums and history books. But that you understand know, the people experience that's, that's what's going on in the morning. It's just like a reality. And it has three dimensions. It wasn't clear. It wasn't clear. It's something that it can be similar in the history book. What's part of the reason for writing the book? To try to capture the reality of yeah, life. Yeah, that's, the, that's, the that's the, all, that's all. That's the only reason. I, I wanted to capture the, the reality. I wanted, in some in some sense, I wanted to capture my um, memories. And I wanted to to... to, to keep the, the life I have lived there yeah because uh, this life is my life this is my history and, and this am I you know. this is my identity and and you always have to admit to your uh, I- identity and to your life uh, to, to keep you you healthy yeah uh, and not to um, put it away or to uh, to betray yourself about, about uh, 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 what you are. How many times you have difficulty with belonging, difficulty with belonging, and yeah. difficulty belonging, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. That. Is, yeah. is, that, is that something that you also experience, That someone with, that belongs to the alone? Yes, of course, because uh, my homeland, which was the GDR, of course, in some sense, <laughs> I didn't learn it. I didn't very much, yeah. And I, maybe, not always but for a long time I wanted to escape from there. Yeah. And after escaping from my homeland, this homeland vanished. Yeah. So, uh, the, the I, haven't, I haven't, even, uh, what, can I belong to, yeah? Uh, even, even the unloved homeland vanished, yeah. So there is nothing. There's really nothing left, yeah. And. It seems to me you were suggesting that although young people in the Marxist generation may have the ability to get the net and buy CDs or some drink or such, but they too were facing problems of identity, of, of actually working out how to measure it. in some ways it oh. very easy, but in other ways it no. was well, not at all easy. Well, no. uh, this generation is a very complicated generation, the, the generation of Marx too. Because uh, when, when uh, he, when Marcus, was, was young, when he was uh, in school, uh, the change, the, the change uh, has been uh, in, in, the, in Germany, the, the fall of the world, and the change from socialism to, to capitalism. So oh, you know, his teachers didn't know what, uh, what to teach. <laughs> the parents um, changed their mind sometimes or didn't. Yeah. Policies uh, changed, uh, so you know they had no, they had no base, they had no, no base to to, uh, to construct their the picture of the, the world. Yeah, uh, uh, um, yeah. this uh, is was, I think this was very complicated uh, for this generation, and uh, you know it's not total, that some of those people. Ended in uh, again in neo-Nazi the different ideologies, we have problems today with, with, with especially this, with this generation in Eastern Germany. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We were talking about identity and all together, and it seems to me in the book that sort food of and cookery, an important, way that the family can express its identity and its. It's even if things were sometimes strained and didn't, didn't go well. Even Marcus knows how to make, he's mm-hmm. done that his great-grandmother used to make back in Russia. That, that was some kind of connection, that we are going to. Okay, I think this is uh, part of human culture, having right? yeah, meals together, to cook and to have meals together. Yeah. And especially, of course, uh, in the GDR, the, um, yeah, Some of the, um, ent- some of the entertainments which were possible in Western Germany have not been possible, uh, especially there, cooking and um, special anniversaries or um, celebrations, uh, celebration of uh, the Christmas Eve uh, and, and so on, were very important, especially important. Okay but there's a sense of which when it was hard to get ingredients and how much it to get that, yeah. it somehow it was a lot more than when it was easy to get to the supermarket. Was that nostalgia Was no, is that...? No, no that's not, not nostalgia. I simply, I, I simply described it from the perspective of Irina, yeah? Indeed, it was a real job to get all ingredients for the Christian groups, yeah? And uh, after the change, it's very easy. You can go, indeed, you can go to the supermarket and buy everything. Before, before, the, uh, before the, the war, it was a whole story, right? Yeah? And I wrote the story down. <laughs> uh, and so you so can decide. Uh, it's not the fault, it's simply, it's simply the truth, you yeah? know. It's no, it's, uh, for me, it's no reason to say that uh, I'm back. That I want to give back, back. No, of course not, not. Yeah? But uh, it was exactly like how people gave everything but How well do you think the business of integration of Eastern Regulatory has gone? I mean, clearly on level, on the sort of infrastructural level, it's gone very well indeed. And but how, how well do you think the sort of the mentality of two people who are separated, well. how well has that gone? No, it hasn't it, gone very far, I think. But I think it's no, uh, no problem because there are different mentalities and there are, I'm talking again about there are different histories and there are different identities. There's no sense to, uh, to, to deny that, there's no sense in it. There is chance in it to accept that there are other mentalities and uh, to respect each other, yeah, each other. There's no sense uh, in leveling it. Yeah. Last question. The book's been huge success in Germany, and it's been translated around the world. Do you know, for people in the community to do you have a sense of what it was about the book that made it so appealing to, to such a number, and number of people? Well, because maybe, I don't know what's coming, I don't know, but uh, maybe be, because it, uh, it is telling a story of the family. Yeah? and it's not talking too much about uh, big political events, or at least it's talking about political events through the perspective of those persons. The political events are always the background for them, the whole story right? Yeah? But I'm talking about small things, about everyday life, about the problems of the people, about critical family problems, and translate and so on, and maybe uh, this is, I uh, would say, this is the thing every everyone in, in Europe or outside in Europe, from Europe uh, can, can understand and, and knows in some way, yeah? and through this, family stuff uh, People may understand the the political and historical background of this story.
0: Eugen Ruger. In Times of Fading Light is out in June and Hardback in Anthea Bell's Fine English Translation. For more information about it, go to faber.co.uk. That's all for this edition of the Faber podcast, but I'll be back again soon with another programme. You can make sure you never miss the programme by subscribing to it on iTunes. It's free, quick, and easy. Just go to iTunes and type Faber in the search box on the podcast page, and a subscription is just a couple of clicks away. Until next time, Thank you very much for listening, and goodbye.